Okay, we are in Sefer Divrei Hayomim Aleph, Perek Hey, Pasuk Aleph, Uvene Ruvain Bechor Yisrael. So we have done the genealogy of uh, the Malchus of David. We've done the um, genealogy of some of the uh, other groups as well. Today we are going to start with <coughs> Yehuda. We're going to start with Ruvain. Ruvain, as we know, is the Bukhar nominally. So well, let's just begin. Ubinei Ruvain Bukhar Yisrael, Ruvain, who was the Bukhar of Yaakov, Kihuha Bukhar, he was the Bukhar, Ubachalalo Yitsue Aviv. Literally, when he um, defiled the bed of his father, Nitna Bechoroso Livne Yosef and Yisrael, Belolis Yachesh Lebechora. His Bechorus, as it were, was given over to Yosef. Belolis Yachesh, he was stripped, as it were, of the Bechora. Let's do. Pasuk base ki Yehuda gavar be'echav. Yehuda was the um, mightiest of his brothers. Ulanogid mimenu, and he took over certain aspects, as we're going to see of Ruvain's bechoros. Ba'bechora liyosef, and the actual bechoros, the pishnayim part of the bechora, went to Yosef. So let's discuss this. Ruvain as the bechor was destined, as the Bukhar was in those days, to serve as the source of the Malchus. In other words, the kings were going to come from Ruvain. Ruvain was also the Kohanim were going to come from Ruvain. And as the Bukhar, you take a double portion. He, the, the Vilna Gom says in his parish on Divriya Yomim, that Ruvain is the Bukhar only in name. As we see one by one for what he did, he was stripped of every aspect of the Bukharus. The Pishnayim, the double portion, went to Yosef. Yosef now had his two sons equal as tribes. Um, the Malchus, of course, went to Yehuda, being the Kohanim, went to the Bnei Aaron. But let's see what exactly did he do. What did Ruvain do that caused this immense loss where he is left only with the title, and he's left only with the title Bukhar because it's a reality, he was born first. According to the Torah in uh, Vayishlach, it says, Vayishkov Bila Pilegesh Aviv that he had relations with Bilhah, who was the concubine of Yaakov. We know that uh, Lovan had these two daughters, Rachel and Leah. Yaakov married both of them, but each one had their own handmaiden who served Yaakov as well as a wife. Each one of them gave birth to one or two of the Shratim. So what he did, they say, is he had an adulterous relation with Bilah. The Mephorshim reject this totally. Uh, the Gemara in Bracho says, whoever says that Ruvain sinned this way, 
doesn't know what they're talking about. It is absolutely not true. So, what did he do, Rubin? According to the Medrash, as we know Yaakov has two wives. One he loves, Rachel, one he does not love that much, Leah. Leah is Ruvain's mother. Each one had their own Shifcha, who served as a wife as well. So there was Bila, who was Rachel's, and Zilpah, who was Leah's. Now, they each have separate tents where they live. Yaakov, because he loved Rachel so much, has his bed, as it were, in Rachel's tent. When Rachel dies, he moves the bed into Billah's tent, the concubine. And this is too much for Reuven to take. It's one thing that his father preferred Rachel to his mother Leah, but it's another that the handmaiden is going to be elevated over his mother Leah. So what he does is take Yaakov's bed and moves it to his mother's tent, Leah. That's what he did. This is considered a defilement of his father's marriage, of his father's uh, intent. And that is why he is punished for all this. So then the question is, why does the Torah says by Yishkov? The Mephoshim say it's as if what he did by moving his father's bed against his father's wishes to Leah's tent, it's as if he defiled his father's wife. So he suffers for Ruvain. Again, as we see, he is stripped segment by segment of his Bechorus. Again, the Malchus going to Yehuda, the Pishnayim going to Yosef, the Kahuna going to uh, Bnei Aaron. So he's left only with an empty title based on the, the birth order. Ellie. Yes. What kind of punishment, I mean, if you put it, these are all things that are going to happen well after Ruvain has died. What kind of punishment is it to lose the Bahora? So he gets, his, he gets one, uh, one portion in Israel, and Yosef gets two. Okay. That's going to be, a, that's a punishment? You bet. It's stripping away the Bahara's entitled to double. At law. In other words, if you're giving out money, the Bahar gets twice in the inheritance. And by the way, it's not after his death. This occurs immediately. Yeah, but he's but the consequences of it are not gonna manifest. The long term consequences, yes, but still he was Bahar of Israel on a very high level. All the kings would emanate from him, all the Kohanim would emanate from him. Strip left with nothing but the bare title. Serious stuff. Now, what, how does Yaakov... Yaakov is the one that takes it away, correct? Yaakov? Yaakov is the one that takes away the Bechor. Um, that's a good question. Who does take it away? And by what mechanism? Right. You know, it could have been that it just occurs. It occurs like a gradual. Yehuda is the, the king of his brothers. Yosef is told to Ephraim and Menashe are elevated by Yaakov. That's done by Yaakov. And the Kohanim would be delegated, uh, that would be something the Kaddish Baruch who does, where Aaron is told that his children are to be the Kohanim. 
It's a which, terrible punishment, yes. Which tribe, which Shevet are <clears throat> Moshe the Aaron? Levi. Levi. Yeah, they are Levi. All right, so that is how he ends, but let us give his, um, his genealogy. As we said, Yehuda was supreme over his brothers. And um, the Bechorah, as uh, ipso facto, goes to Yosef. Pasad Gimel. B'nai Ruvain Bechor Yisrael. Remember, he still retains the title. He's still called Bechor Yisrael. Chanoch, Upalu, Chetzron, Bekarmi. Now, the next sentence, and this is interesting. See, I figured it out, or the Mepharshim tell you, that when it starts, B'nai Yoel, so you might ask, well, who's Yoel? They gave us a genealogy. You're to read it, Bekarmi, B'no Yoel. In other words, you take the last name in the Pasuk, and you attach it to the next name. That's the father. So Carmi is the father of Yoel, Shemaiah Beno, Gog Beno, Shimi Beno. Those are his sons. Mika Beno, Ra'oya Beno, Baal Beno. Be'era Beno, Asher Higla, Tiglas, Peleser, Melech, Asher Hunasi, Leruveni. And so the last in the line is Be'era, uh, that is the same as Be'iri, who I think is the father of Hosea, the Navi. But Be'era Benoasher Higla Tiglas Ultimately, he is exiled by Tiglas Peleser, king of Assyria, Melech Asher. And Be'era, his, he was the Nasi of the Ruvaini. He was head of the Ruvaini tribe. His brothers in the family, Bisyachesh, told us some, their. Um, Genealogies were uh, completed. Harosh Yael Zechariah, Ubila Ben Ozaz, Ben Shema, Ben Yoel, who Yosheh Ba'arer, Rad Nevo, Ubaal Ma'om. They lived all the way to Ba'amon. We're going to see how Ruvain Shimon, I'm sorry, Ruvain God and Chatzisheh Menashe occupy the eastern bank. Well, Mizrach in the east, Yoshav Adlevo Midbora, they Till the desert, Laman Nahar Pras, up to the Euphrates River, which borders Babylon, he Mikneim Ravu Be'eres Gilad, because their flocks were just great multitudes in the land of Gilad. Gilad is a synonym for the East Bank. We may Shaul assume, all right, before we get to that, let's talk how um, Ruvain God and Chatzis Shevet Menashe get to the East Bank. So we saw in Devarim a miraculous victory that Israel achieved over Sichon, the king of Emori, and O, the king of the Bashan, who occupied almost totally the eastern bank of the Jordan. <clears throat> and so the tribes of Ruvain and Gad come to Moshe, and they say, Moshe, look, this is the most fertile land for cattle we've ever seen. We have herds and herds of cattle. What we're proposing is that we occupy this land on the eastern bank, that we're not going to go to the, and get a nachla on the western bank. Moshe predictably erupts in anger. And he says, you are going to let the rest of your brothers go and conquer the land of Canaan while you sit here with your cattle on the eastern bank? And they say, no, 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 that was not our intent. We will cross over with our brothers 
and waste fight with them until the conquest of the Canaanite nations is completed, and then we will come back. And Moshe assents to this, and in fact, they do go, and they stay there for 14 years until they come back, and they get their land, which is just a vast land filled with just verdant fields and grazing, perfect for their cattle and their economy. Now, Menashe is a different story. Menashe, they find that his Nahla is just, it's too small what they were going to give. It's overpopulated the East Bank. So they want one of the tribes or a partial tribe maybe to go with Ruvain and Gud, and half of the tribe of Menashe assents to it. So that's how Ruvain, Gud, Chatzin, Shevet, Menashe formulate on the east bank as opposed to the west. Um, in the days of Saul, Osu Milchoma im Hagirim. Hagirim is the sons of Hagar, the Yishmaelite. They conquer them, and as we're going to see, it is a miraculous <coughs> victory just in terms of the numbers. And they occupy their tents, indicating these are the Bedouins, literally. They occupy their tents on the whole eastern side of the Jordan. God occupies that vast land ruled by old Melech Habasham, Ad Salka, to the town of Salka. Yoel Harosh Veshofam Hamishana. Yoel is the king. Veshofam is their leader. Vayanu Veshofat Babashan. Vayanesh Veshofat Babashan. They occupy that part of the Bashan, which is, again, a vast part of the East Bank. Vachehem Luvesabosehem Michael, Umeshulam, Vesheva, Vyorid, Vyakim, Vizia, Ever Shiva. And these are their brothers who also are on the eastern bank and occupied. Ele b'nei Avichayel, ben Huri, ben Yorach, ben Gilad. These are the children of Avichayel, ben Huri, ben Michael, ben Yishai, ben Yachtov, ben Buz. Achi ben Avidel, ben Guni, Rosh Levei, Savosam, v'yeshu b'gilad, v'bashan, v'noselah. They dwell in Gilad, in the Bashan, that was old Melech HaBashan's territory, v'noselah, the suburbs, v'chol migrashay shoron al tosreyed, tososam. All the fields, all the lands to tososam. Kulam his yachshu v'yemei yosam melech Yehuda v'yemei yerava melech Yisrael. And this would answer your question. See, they all have their genealogies that they have compiled. and said each tribe has a very detailed yichus chart as to where they emanate from. Most were lost. So they have theirs that they did in the day of Yosam, the king of Yehuda, v'yemei yerava melech Yisrael. Let's point out it's not the Yeruvam ben Nevat, it is Yeruvam ben Yoash, who is way before. B'nei Ruvain, v'godi, v'chatsi shebet menashem in b'nei chayel, anashim, nosin mogin, v'cherev, v'dorchei keshe. They were brave men, carried swords and shields and arrows and bows, limudin l'chama. They were well-versed in war. Arba'im v'arba elef, u'shram meyos v'shishim yotzei tzava. They had a standing army of 40, 4,760 ready to fight. Vayasun as we say, they 
fought a battle with the Chagriim, the sons of Hagar, Vayitov and Nafish Renodov. They prayed the Kaddishwar who listened to him, because as we're going to see, the Chagarim had 100,000 men and were all over the place. They triumphed because of their faith, their Amunah. Vayasru Aleim, because the Kaddishwar who listens to them, Vayinasru Biyadam HaChagirim, he gives the Hagarites into their hands, the Sheimohem, everything they had. Hilelohim Zaku, because they cried out to the God, the Milchama, the Nacholahem Ki Bathubo, and the Kaddishwar who answers him because they had faith in him. And from this we learn that the Kaddishwar who will answer if you just show that Bitacham, and that's what they did. They had hundreds of thousands of son, uh, that is, their enemies had that, and yet they triumphed the small over the great. Many people, many of the Chagarim fell because Kaddish Baruch, this was an authorized war of defense. And they dwelt there until the Gola. Then, half the tribe you see of Menashe, because of space limitations, moved to the East Bank, and they have vast land in the Bashan to the Harmon, to Shneer, to Har Harmon, which is, you know, way up north. And they multiply. The Ela Roshay Beneyev are some the Efe Vishi, the Ela of Azriel, the Yumi of Odor, the Yachtiel, and the Shimgi Burechail, and Sheshemos, Roshim Leves Amosam. And now comes the problem. They rebel against the Lord of their God, the Lord their God, Yiznu Achrael, Ohiyamim Horus, and they follow. The nations that are there, they follow the people that were there. They got Shahishmid Elohim, it named that the Kodesh Baruch who had ordered destroyed the Canaanites by Yar Elohim Israel as Ruach Paul Melech Ashur, and the Kodesh Baruch who stirs up Paul, the king of Ashur, and his successor. Tiglas Peleser, the king of Ashur, Vayigalein, he exiles, exiles Ula Raveni, Ula Gadi, Ula Chasishevet Menashe, Vayivyeim, Lachala, Vachava, Vahora. Remember, um, the Asherites would scatter them all over the, the empire. Benahar Goron, Ad Hayom Hazer. Ad Hayom Hazer means that these two and a half tribes didn't even return for Bayashani. We haven't heard a word from them since. They are exiled, they are the lost tribes. Let us stop there, and tomorrow, Amir Hashem, we will start with Levi. 8.45 a.m., you will not want to miss it, Ad Khan.